Hello, welcome. You are listening to Press Pause on freshair.radio, a show where every week I invite you to sit down, slow down, press pause on your day and your busy life, and reflect with me. Along with some fitting tunes, every week I will be speaking on one thought, feeling, or emotion that I've been experiencing recently, and hoping that we can both get something out of this. So sit down, slow down, and press pause with me. Welcome back. You are listening to freshair.radio. This is Press Pause. I am Anna Vanderpool, your host. Um, I am back for episode six. Um, This is Silence and Sharing. I took a week out. Um, I had two deadlines and was just very overwhelmed and knew that whatever I created or, you know, put out there wasn't going to be what I wanted it to be. Um, So I took a little week out. Apologies for anyone who was inconvenienced. Um, I missed you too. It served as a nice little reminder of the way that anything that isn't absolutely vital can be pushed aside and should be pushed aside if necessary like for a week I was just nine to six essay writing um two essays writing and there were quite a few things that I didn't get to and sometimes that's okay for a week and then now uh in the past week I've had a week of catching up on all of those things that I couldn't do for a while um I think sometimes me and people like me get really overwhelmed thinking I have to do this and I have to do that I have to take care of this I have to take care of that but um a quick little reminder that especially while at university we are very privileged to have very little responsibilities that actually really need to happen and that can kind of always be pushed aside if and when necessary so that was a nice little little reminder for myself and a good thing that I've you know, developed over the years, being able to um, choose what I need rather than choose what I think I have to do, uh, if that makes sense. If there are some interruptive background noises during this episode, my apologies. There are some children um, playing outside of my window, which is sweet, but a little bit disruptive. Um, But yes, nothing, nothing concerning happening on my end, just children, um, chasing each other. Um, so if you haven't listened to my previous episode with Alex, my flatmate, where we were discussing solo travel, you should go back and do that. Um, really, really enjoyed having her on. It was a cool new experience, um, kind of interviewing someone for the first time like that. That's something that I would love to do in the future for Purse Pause and also, um, is something that I would love to integrate into my career, um, speaking to people and interviewing people. Um, Once again, thank you to Alex for being on. So this week I'm talking about silence and sharing, which is another 
kind of really big, broad, kind of, you know, notes on the body kind of vibe of things. Um, because I just have a lot of general thoughts about this. And the biggest umbrella title that I could think of was Silence and Sharing. Um, and kind of as a brief overview, I want to talk about this um, in regards to how many conversations um, happen in the media and online now um, surrounding sharing and speaking out. I want to talk about my own experiences, of course, <laughs> that's what you're here for, um, about um, my own silences, my own sharing, my own journey with those things, and just some general notes, um, advice, and thoughts about this. Um, I feel like Silence and breaking silence has been central to so many conversations that have emerged online um, and politically. Of course, breaking silence, um, maybe one of the first things that comes to mind is the Me Too movement and how a lot of that was about things, stories that were kept under wraps by so many people and then really, really brave individuals who came forwards, broke their silence and shared their stories. Um, it's also central to Black Lives Matter movements, you know, there's been so much about that, um, especially since April, um, surrounding the importance of speaking up, speaking out, um, how that extends to people beyond communities and allies within other communities, how important it is to not stay silent on certain topics. Um, silence breaking and sharing is also central to the conversation around mental health. Um, you know, since since lockdown, of course, there's been so much about call your friends, have conversations with them, make sure you check in on the people, make sure you speak to the people around you. And that's all about sharing, sharing, sharing. Talk about your feelings, talk about your emotions. Um, and it's November currently, which means that November is going on. There's a lot of conversation around men's mental health. Um, I think it was men's either Men's Day or Men's Mental Health Day a couple of days ago. Um, yeah, and I, th I feel as though not being silent about your struggle and sharing your struggle with other people, um, sharing your feelings and also sharing the burden in that kind of way is kind of positioned as this, like, antidote to the issue a lot of the time. Um, and I think, of course, politically it happens a lot that issues to solutions are put up to the individual rather than put up to the system. There's a lot more that um, governments could be doing to mitigate the mental health pandemic um, and to support the mental health pandemic. Um, but a lot of those things aren't happening. And so... I feel as though most of the time the focus is put on the individual, the person experiencing um, ill health, to share. Saying that out loud, actually, I'm realising how often that is said, that when I see a post on mental health issues or depression or an ad about it or whatever, you know, it's it's either 
the awareness that it that you know it establishes awareness and then the aid that it gives is usually either things like helplines or uh, places where you can access um support or it's advice on reaching out to friends and family and sharing with them i'm going to get further into that um, and discuss a bit more around how difficult that is in practice while so easy to say in theory, my own experiences with it, my own advice on it. Um, before that, I wanted to chat a bit more generally about silence and sharing. We live in a time where the essence of social media is sharing. Um, and usually sharing either your opinions, products, or your life. If you think about probably the kind of influencers you follow, the kind of YouTubers you watch, um, it's usually people, for me at least, it's usually people showing their own lives and sharing the details of their everyday, sharing the details of their outfits, their pets, their relationships, their views on things. Um, and so, so many influencers are selling their lifestyle. They're selling their kind of their like private information um, that they've then deemed public knowledge um, so that people buy into their, into their brand. Um, and this has, of course, brought this whole kind of new level to sharing and to how transparent lives can be because with the click of a couple of buttons you can suddenly show the entire internet um your dinner and your living room and your boyfriend and whatever you want to show them and you know there's this like monetary value has been put on it because some of the most successful people on the internet are people that share the most. Um, I think we're kind of moving away from it now, but as five, ten years ago, there were so many YouTubers who were like vlogging their everyday life, which is insane when you think about it, but it got normalized to this point of like, yeah, that's normal to like share that much of your life. And for the people watching to want to see all of that and to be interested in it and then we're moving into this time where everyone has something to say because everyone has a way that they can say it facilitated by platforms um so we're almost like bombarded with a plethora of voices and so many different things that we could potentially be listening to that it's absolutely overwhelming i mean so many people are sharing so many things you can barely you really can barely keep track of all of it so that kind of establishes how central sharing is to our um everyday lives and to the things that we consume but sharing is also of course the basis of most relationships and friendships and saying that I realize that my view on that is very um colored by the fact that most of my friendships are female to female friendships and that I'm also a very emotional person so the basis of most of my friendships is certainly sharing and discussing about sharing and discussing about feelings and emotions and experiences um 
And in that kind of way, we're all sort of experts at sharing because it's something that we do all of the time, whether that's like telling a parent about your day at school at the end of the day or phoning a relative or seeing a friend for lunch. Most of the time what you're doing is sharing about yourself. Um, so before I get into that in a bit more depth, I'm going to play my first song. This is At My Worst by Pink Sweats. That was At Your Worst by Pink Sweats. You are listening to Press Pause on freshair.radio. I love that song. It's so sweet. Um, Pink Sweats immensely talented. Um, and all of his songs are like smooth peanut butter is the best way that I can describe them which is my favorite kind of peanut butter uh controversially so um 
Yes. So I want to talk a little bit about my own experience with silence and sharing. Um, anyone who knows me knows I'm, well, you don't, honestly, you don't even have to know me by, you can guess by the fact that I'm, have a solo radio show. Um, I'm very talkative. And so silence doesn't come to me all too naturally. Um, a lot of the time I tend to be um, the loudest or one of the loudest in the room. Um, so being quiet is definitely not one of my strengths. Um, and then because a lot of talking has to do with sharing. Um, I've spent most of my life definitely sharing most aspects of my life, whether that's like me telling funny stories about things that I've seen or things that I've actually personally experienced or um, me just chatting just whatever about my own life and my own feelings. Um, I talk a lot. Um, and in a lot of ways, I'm very lucky that that has never really come back and bitten me in the backside because, you know, essentially when you're sharing, um, you're making yourself quite vulnerable because you are offering up information about, you know, it doesn't have to be very deep, but you are offering information, um, probably about yourself that you are then giving to other people and trusting them with, and they could, you know, twist your words, share it with anyone else, um, pass it on to people that it does not need to be passed on to, take it out of context, whatever. Um, for me, I'm very lucky that that has never really happened to me. Um, but I've definitely learned over the last couple of years that sharing is not always a good thing. For me, sharing and being quite loud and taking up quite a lot of space in that way, um, has always more been an indication of my ill health um, rather than me truly being really, really extroverted and a really, really loud person. Now, don't get me wrong, like, I can be in a very good mood and be very happy and be really rowdy and be really loud, um, but I think a lot of the times that has served as a mask for actually being really quite unhappy or really insecure or um, not really feeling too much support and therefore having to look for it in ways that are not necessarily the best way to do so. I would like pride myself on the fact that my information was everyone's information and that I'm an open book. And I still am an open book. I'm very very honest, very upfront. Usually if you ask me a question, I will, I'll answer it. Um, but I think one of the big, the important distinctions, um, that I've made is not sharing to just anyone. Uh, that now when I do give up, you know, give my information to someone, it's someone that I trust, um, and someone that I feel is actually listening and receiving that information, um, for the right reasons, rather than someone that I'm just trying to amuse at a party or make an impression on or make them think of me in certain ways. Um, yeah, if you... I've ran into various issues in your life where someone has used information against you or has 
you know, made up their mind about you, um, unrightfully so, or has shared things about you, um, I would definitely examine what you're sharing with people and who you're sharing it with. Um, because it does, like I said, it does leave you really vulnerable to multiple, multiple things that could go wrong when your information becomes public information. Sharing nowadays is a lot of the time equated with bravery and honesty and being open and upfront. But I think you can still be all of those things while while not sharing too much um, and while being quite silent about a lot of aspects of your life, a lot of your opinions, a lot of your um, experiences. In that same way, I used to also see sharing as like the central foundation of the beginning of any friendship. As in like for a friendship to be pushed into like a really close friend zone, um, I thought that we both would have to share about our life and struggles and strife. Um, and, you know, I do think that that is what bonds me and a lot of my close friends together. But at the same time, I've also realized that it is possible to have friendships with people that you don't share with as much. Um, it's the reason why I used to struggle or have struggled a lot more with mm, friendships that I have with men. Because I feel as though sharing is less central to those kind of friendships and... By now there's a, quite a few people in my life that I hang out with where we talk more about general things or talk a bit more surface level about um, things that have happened or our feelings on things without really sharing every single detail. Um, that is just to say that you can have people in your life and have really strong bonds with them without sharing absolutely everything with them. I've been very lucky in general with my experiences on sharing. Um, I have a very solid and stable group of people around me and a select few people who've been in my life for a very long time that I feel really, really comfortable to share anything with. Um, and funnily also feel very comfortable to be silent with, whether that means sitting in a room with my best friend in utter silence, both just enjoying our own thoughts or doing whatever we're doing or being on a silent walk. Um, or if that means times when I don't feel comfortable enough or strong enough to share about something, I have people in my life who accept both of those things and are there for me when I feel the need to share and are also there for me just as much if I don't want to share. I think naturally over the years I have become more silent or quiet. Um, I feel less of a need to prove myself or to clown around um, in order to seem funny or to be liked. Uh, and in the sense of sharing I have become more and more private. Um, I think um, by accumulating closer and better friends, I felt less of a need to share with just any anyone in general. And so I share in much more of a con concentrated and purposeful way with people. 
I've also come to recognize that I'm very, very sensitive. And so anyone that I um, share with, it's very important that their reactions, advice, their listening um, is in the right place and is received, you know, my information is received well by them and their feedback is received well by me um, because I can be very easily affected by other people's thoughts or comments or concerns about what I am sharing. And so, you know, to protect myself, I have started to share less. I think it's also a thing of um, sharing and talking about your feelings can be really, really exhausting. It can be really tiring to go through the same stories and thought processes, answer the same questions, get the same kind of like advice and opinions again and again and again. Um, and I sometimes end up being exhausted if I try and share with everyone that's important in my life or just with anyone that will listen because the the things that get fed into you are really important it's really important to monitor um that and so responses and reactions to what you share they shouldn't just come from anyone they should come from the people who you trust whose opinions you value who love you and will you know react and give advice in the best ways for you um so i guess that means that my advice kind of comes down to like don't just share with anyone um another really important thing that i want to touch on in regards to sharing which I feel like is something that people don't think about a lot um because most of the time I think when we talk about or when we think about this we're thinking about the person who is doing the sharing rather than the person who's doing the receiving um but it's really really important to get someone's consent before you offload onto them or share certain things with them. I think that's something that we forget about. I'm guilty of forgetting about it too. Um, but particularly before sharing about very emotionally charged topics, things that might trigger someone else or things that might take lengthy amounts of time to share or things that might pull them into your life in a way that means that, you know, whatever you're sharing doesn't just stay in that moment. It extends, it will extend over the rest of your relationship with each other. It's really important that you check first with someone, um, particularly if you're going to be sending a whole load of messages or voice messages about something. Um, good to send over a little hey, listen, this is what this content includes first, or to ask someone how they're feeling, um, how stable they are in that moment, or how much they have going on, whether they're okay for you to share. Um, which gets on to my discussion on sharing and how intrinsic that is to mental health issues. Um, before I do that, I'm gonna play another song. This is No One But You by Justin Nozuka and Mahalia. I keep so much of me hidden. Oh. Can't lie. No, I got this pain. 
That's a very, very sweet song, in my opinion. I really like that duet. I really like the way it begins. Um, very, very fitting for the discussion on um, sharing and leaning on someone. Um, so I talked about this in the beginning about how um, sharing is intrinsic to the conversation around mental health and that it's positioned as this kind of like antidote to not feeling well that the first step would be to share with other people about it and make other people um aware of it and have other people um support you to reach out to friends and family um and talk about what you're feeling and I have a lot of uh thoughts and feelings on that I touched already on the fact that I think that structurally more needs to happen in order to mitigate the chances and effects of mental health issues and that there are structural issues as to why it's mental health issues are so, so prevalent um, and that encouraging people to just phone a friend and talk about it is does not get to any of the root causes of the problem. Having said that, of course, I 100% agree that sharing with people about your issues and your struggles is something that you should really, really, really work towards. Um, I've had my own journey with this. Um, for in regards to my own depression it took me a really long time to um recognize it for what it was um 
I'd essentially decided that what I was experiencing experiencing didn't fit into my image of what depression was and I didn't fit into my own created image of what a depressed person looks like and how they act um and so I kind of just decided that I was having a hard time and that it was nothing beyond that and that you know that blocked me from sharing in a lot of ways because I wasn't ready to admit what I was feeling um and then by the time that I did start start sharing and opened up a little bit more about it, it was kind of this um, um, mutual thing of me feeling as though, okay, yes, there is something wrong and I feel like this is a, like I'd legitimize the issue for myself. And so I felt like I could share in a way of like, okay, I have this legitimate issue that I wanna, that I need to speak on, I need to share on, I need to help on. Um, and at the same time, when I did start sharing with people on it, um, I did have a few reactions that were that kind of echoed that sentiment of something isn't right, and you do need um, to share more, to open up more. You need some help. You need some support. Um, so in that way, in the beginning, sharing for me was um, first. In a way, I'd kind of decided it wasn't applicable because I decided there wasn't an issue. And then as soon as I as I realized that there kind of was, um, I think I also kind of, I, I also realized very quickly that the people around me had recognized that there was an issue. Um, for me, I think starting to share on my depression um particularly with my parents and my closest friends at the time it wasn't as if i was um suddenly revealing something that was really shocking and out of the blue maybe for a few of them they didn't realize quite how bad things were for me um but there certainly wasn't kind of like a shock factor and that really really helped for me for sure um so I suppose that's probably my first point of advice, um, which is if you're worried that the person that you're sharing with might be really um, shocked and scared by what you're saying, trust that they might have already picked up on some things, that they might have other people in their life who have had these kind of conversations with them, that they themselves experience some of these things or that they've had enough exposure to it now in regards to how much conversation there is about it on the internet. Um, so trust that they won't be completely lost as to what you are talking about. Um, another one of my really big pieces of advice is um, share about sharing, which sounds a bit stupid. And I've also, I realized that I've said the word share literally 50 million times in the last um, 35 minutes. Apologies. Um, be verbal about what you are about to do and how you feel about doing it. I give this advice quite a lot when people, uh, when people around me feel nervous about a conversation they're going to have or feel um, scared about pointing something out to someone or having a difficult chat with someone. Um, there's never any harm in, you know, sitting someone down and for the first thing that you say is to be, for the first thing you say 
to be, I think that grammatically makes sense, um, I'm about to share something really difficult with you and I'm gonna struggle, I might cry, um, I've wanted to tell you this for a while and haven't really had the words to do so um, and here it comes. Like it's so okay to tell someone your thought process and to therefore, you know, kind of guide them into it. Um, and in that same way, be vocal about what you need back from them. Um, say, I just really need you to listen and I don't want your reaction. Or say, I really need some advice on this. Or um, tell them that it's okay if they have nothing to say about it or have loads to say about it, but you just want to tell them, you know, engage in an open conversation with them. Um, and also when someone's sitting you down and telling you something, um, something difficult like this, or if you have picked up on someone's mental health issues, um, and have gotten some kind of indication that someone might not be okay before actually engaging in trying to help them or trying to get them to open up talk about the fact that you want to do that just sit someone down and be like I feel like you haven't been sharing with me very much or I feel like there are things going on that I don't know about and I would love to hear about them if you feel comfortable if you feel safe enough um I want to be here for you but I'm not sure what exactly is the right way to go about it do you know and that gets I think that also goes beyond that first engagement um, with talking to someone about something difficult and also gets into like, it's okay to ask someone whether they prefer that you phone them once a week and don't really text or whether they prefer a text once in a while seeing how they are or whether they would like it if next time that you're with them they bring it up or they wait for you to bring it up. In this way you facilitate the sharing that goes on between you and someone else um, in a very like open, collaborative, discussed way. I think that can also go a long way towards making sharing less scary because you know, as soon as you've said to someone, I find this really terrifying and they say to you, don't be scared, like I'm here for you and this is going to be okay and whatever you're about to say to me doesn't change anything about how I feel, think or act towards you. Um, as soon as you've acknowledged it, most of the time it will go away because a lot of the overthinking that we do about telling someone something, saying something to them, whether it's just about you or about the other person, is inferring what their reaction, response or thoughts will be on it. And so if you just have an open little disclaimer session on this is what I'm about to do, this is what I want you to do, this is what I don't want you to do, um, it can really mitigate a lot of those things because certainly for me in the past that does get to the root of what my issue is around sharing um what someone's reaction will be how they will feel about what I'm gonna say um and how definitely how difficult it might be for them to hear um in the beginning I would overthink a lot about how telling someone about my depression might change their perspective on me, might change their image of me, um, that I would suddenly go from being this person that's like fun and bubbly and full of life in their eyes to someone who's like unwell and they 
like I'd worry that my friends wouldn't turn to me for certain things anymore or wouldn't lean on me because they thought that I wouldn't be able to handle it anymore um I do so much overthinking about what to tell people how much to tell them how to handle that and it's been I'd say two years of my depression being a big playing a big role in my life and I still haven't figured it out um so if you haven't either like that's so normal and so okay it's a constant journey um I'm really lucky in people's reaction I've never really had any unpleasant responses or um, responses that have made me feel worse rather than um better um and like I said I, I do integrate now um just being really communicative about what I'm about to tell that person and what I need from them um and whether I would like them to give advice or response or whether I just need to talk about it think for me my root hesitance about sharing has always been how what I'm going to say um will affect the other person because naturally talking about depression you're not sharing about something fun you're usually sharing about quite negative um heavy emotions um I still haven't really found a solution to that I don't think I ever will because I will always worry about how I impact the people around me and I always want to be a positive light influence um and talking about my depression doesn't always facilitate that. Um, a couple of things that I do though to minimize it is first of all recognize that the nature of friendships is that you're there for each other and the person that you're in a friendship with wants you to lean on them and wants you to share and wants you to be open and is there for that reason and you're there for that reason too imagine if they were having the opposite dilemma do they re do you really think that if they would bring this to you and say I could share this with you or I could not would you what would you prefer that you would choose I would not because of what you you know you would put them over yourself um regardless of how you feel about it and so trust that they also want you to share and want to be there for you um in the same ways that you are there for them the fact that what you tell your friends and family about how you feel and how you're doing is something that will stay with them and might be difficult for them is something that we'll just have to come to terms with like it pains me immensely the fact that my friends and family might have pain over the over the struggles that I have um but it's kind of just a fact of life and I have pain over theirs as well you know I want my best friend's pain to be my pain in the same way that she wants my struggles to be hers um and so that is it's it's okay to um it's for other people to be hurt by your hurt it's that's just the way of life if it is something that really does bother you though um you know you can also purposely share with people that are less affected by other people's emotions people that might be less emotional in general might be a bit less empathetic um you know, sometimes I find that there's such comfort in sharing about my depression with someone who
who I know is not going to spend the rest of the day thinking about me because they're closer with other people or they have bigger issues in their life or their brain just doesn't think in that way um, because I know that I'm not having a big impact on their day or their week by talking about it. Of course, I always talk about it with people who I know will care and will show me love, but you can try and pick the people that will take that conversation and leave it where it happened, if that makes any sense at all. Um, basically just what I'm trying to say is think about who you share with before you do, um, according to what that friend's usual reactions are, how much they are, um, going through at that moment themselves. Um, remember to get their consent before sharing. Pick the person who you know will be the least inquisitive if that's what you need. Um, just, just think through who you share with before you do. Um, along those lines, another really important piece of advice is if you can, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And what I mean by that is, um, have at least a couple of people in your life who know what's going on with you and know what you're feeling. That's important for a variety of reasons. First of all, every time you talk about it, you might get the benefits that are intrinsic to talking about it, as in uh, feeling a bit lighter, sharing it with someone, talking through your emotions, um, reflecting, learning more about yourself, perhaps hearing about their experience and that might help you getting more resources. Um, it also means that if you are in a moment of crisis or you are really unwell, there are multiple people that you could turn to. Um, to be honest, you don't even have to be in crisis. Um, it's very good to have multiple people around you that you turn to for different things. So if you're feeling really unwell and you just need someone to listen, you know which friend to go to. And if you're feeling really unwell and you need some advice or you need someone to connect to what you're experiencing, you can go to a different friend. But for a moment of crisis, it means that if if there's only one person that you usually turn to and they're unavailable, you enter into quite a dangerous territory of then having to deal with it on your own or having a big problem on your hands when that person um, isn't there. And you can't expect one person. It, it really gets down to the fact that you can't expect one person to take on all of you. And I think that goes for everything in life. Um, it's one of the things that terrifies me about people that are really, really intensely close with their partner and shut out all of their other friends or people that are extremely close with one friend and kind of have no one else around them. That's great. Those close bonds are amazing. But it, the thought just makes me so scared for when those things end and then there's no one else to lean on. Um, really important to have multiple people around you specifically for if there are moments when you are really unwell and the friend that you usually call isn't there, that you have someone else to call. Um, so in order to safeguard yourself, please tell at least two or three people what you're going through. Um, and that also gets down to, comes down to um, how, what you're saying and what you're experiencing is affecting the person that you're sharing with. Um, it's really important that 
not just one person kind of shoulders the um, responsibility of your mental health and that not one singular person is your support network. Um, you know, people have a hard time hearing about the same things again and again. So just also for your own benefit of not at some point getting very stagnant responses or getting maybe even unpleasant responses when that person is feeling like that's the fifth time in the week that you're going through the same kind of feelings. Um, people have natural limits to how much they can take. And in order to mitigate that, I would always try and talk to multiple different people about things. Um, I personally, and once again, I'm extremely lucky with um, the people around me and also my own abilities to share and the fact that I don't have too many fears or issues around that. Um, I personally try and not talk to the same person multiple times in a close period of time, like a short period of time about my depression because it's just, it's hard for someone to hear. It's a difficult topic. They probably exhaust their advice at some point. Um, and at some point, there's just very little for them to feed back to you. And so for the benefit of you and that other person, make sure that you're speaking to multiple people. Um, talking about your mental health also doesn't always have to mean really in-depth talking about it. I... I've realized about myself that over time, both with um, working towards normalizing the conversation and making it a normal thing to be able to say, yeah, I've been really, um, really emotional this week or really depressed this week, making it as normal as saying, yeah, I've had the flu in the past two weeks. Um, also for my own recognition of my own depression and my own issues, I've realized that I do a fair amount, or I try to do a fair amount of just dropping it into conversation. And I don't mean that in a way of like, oh guys, okay, perfect. Can we wrap up talking about Kim Kardashian? Now I'm going to talk about my depression. I just mean it in a way of like, if it naturally comes up um, and it, there's room for me to be like, oh, I was really unwell last week or I missed that deadline because I was quite depressed or if something gets brought up and you can say, oh, I really relate to that feeling actually, um, there's a certain kind of like freedom and strength that comes from just acknowledging that it's there um, without feeling the set necessity to go into it. And you can share about the fact that you have this thing with other people without really unpacking it and going into detail about it and you know maybe all you need is for someone to just be aware of it so that if there is ever time when you want to talk more about it then you can or maybe you never really want to talk about it but you know it is really nice when the people around you kind of know what's going on in your life and have an explanation as to why sometimes you might really struggle answering a message or why you show up late to some things or why you've had to cancel to something um and that still counts as sharing it still counts as talking to someone about your mental health that really doesn't have to be sitting in front of someone crying your eyes out telling them about the deep darkest thoughts that you have um it can really just mean 
I went to the doctor the other day and was diagnosed. How was your day? Or I've been feeling really, really unwell this week. I think my depression is resurging a little bit. Or I've been feeling really anxious because of all these deadlines and it's really ramping up my anxiety. And you don't have to say more. And if someone asks you to say more, you can say that that's all you want to you wanna share on. Like I said, it still counts as sharing. And sometimes just having someone there that you know you could turn to and you know would listen and would be there for you is just as valuable as actually turning to them and making use of that friendship and that person. Um, Sometimes all it takes is knowing that you could potentially share rather than actually sharing. Um, I'm getting towards the end of this episode and I think I've um, kind of covered most of the things that I wanted to talk about. Um, The last thing I kind of want to say is sharing is a really, really, really difficult thing to do. And if you have opened up to the people around you about what you're feeling and experiencing, you're so brave for doing so. And I hope that that has been a positive experience for you and given you um, some relief and some light and that's given benefits to your relationships. If you are still struggling to make that first move and share with the people around you, remember that there are a lot of resources out there um, that mean that you could share with a professional um, and uh, phone someone, tell someone about how you're feeling. That does um, remind me of one more important thing that I wanted to say on sharing around mental health issues. the friends and family around you, the people around you can be really, really useful to speak to. They can do so much for you. They can really change your life. But when push comes to shove, they are not healthcare professionals. And in the same way that you wouldn't turn to your parents or your best friend for medical advice on your broken knee, you should also have limits to what you turn to them for around advice um, about your mental health issues. Um, They are not a trained professional. um, They're only going off of what they might have read before, resources they might have, experiences they might have had before, their similar feelings um, or the things that they know about you. Um, But those things do not accumulate to a professional opinion. Um, In the end, the things that can really, really help you and make a difference is professional help um, and is yourself and your own work. Um, Please do not turn to your friends and family um, expecting them to fix you because unfortunately they cannot. And if you're out there struggling with the fact that you feel like you can't make a big enough difference For someone who is struggling, remember that you shouldn't expect yourself to fix them and they probably also don't expect you to do that either. Um, Sharing doesn't have to go beyond just giving information for someone to hold it in their hand and keep it safe. It doesn't have to go into a realm of both trying to um, 
find a solution, particularly for mental health issues. I would say that if you're sharing with your friends and family, you are doing so in order to not be alone rather than doing so to fix the issue. Um, that's the last really important thing that I wanted to say. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this was Press Pause on FreshAir.Radio. Stay tuned for my episode next week. Um, as a last final little song, I'm going to play Vincent by James Blake, which is a beautiful but heartbreaking song that he has written about Vincent van Gogh, um, who of course famously struggled with what we now would probably label as bipolar disorder, but back then was not talked about or recognised really at all, both in society and in the medical community, um, and who was someone who really suffered because he was unable to share. Um, but, so you might want to turn it off because it's a bit of a sad song, but it's also very, very beautiful. Um, thank you and enjoy. Starry night Paint your palette blue and gray Look out on a summer's day With eyes that know the darkness in my soul Shadows on the hills Sketch the trees and the daffodils Catch the breeze and the winter chills And colors on the snowy linen land Now I understand What you tried to say to me How you suffered for your sanity And how you tried to set them free they would not listen, they did not know how Perhaps they'll listen now Starry, starry night Flaming flowers that brightly blaze Swirling clouds in a violet haze Reflecting Vincent's eyes of china blue Colors changing hue Morning fields of ember grain Weathered faces lined in pain Are soothed beneath the artist's loving hand Now I understand What you tried to say to me how you suffered for your sanity And how you tried to set them free They would not listen They did not know how 
perhaps they'll listen now. For they could not love you But still your love was true And when no hope was left in sight On that starry, starry night You took your life as lovers often do But I could have told you, Vincent This world was never meant for one as beautiful as you Starry, starry night Portraits hung in empty holes Frameless heads on nameless walls With eyes that watch the world and can't forget Like the strangers that you've met Ragged men in ragged clothes The silver thorn and the bloody rose Lie crushed and broken on the virgin snow Now I think I know What you tried to say to me And how you suffered for your sanity You tried to set them free They would not listen They're not listening still Perhaps they never will 